0: Welcome to this week's edition of Coach Prep. Coach Don and I are here in the Cherokee Batting Range Podcast Studio, getting ready to record episode number 80. Today, we're going to talk about wanting to get into college coaching, what it takes, what your aspirations are. Before we get into the topic today, let's talk about our sponsors Anderson Bat Company. Everything Fast Pitch is proud to announce that the Anderson Bat Company is becoming our presenting sponsor. In 2021, Anderson is producing the minus nine Rocket Tech, the minus 10 Carbon, and the minus 11 carbon light. You get all the power with a great feel. It's the latest and greatest bat technology. Check out andersonbat.com if you have any questions. And Let's talk about patreon.com. Don, uh, if our listeners are in a position where they can help us financially, we would love for you to become a patron. Come on board at patreon.com slash everythingfastpitch. There's three different levels, and as we uh, talk about quite often, Coach Don and I are doing everything we can to keep everything fast pitch and coach prep free. We don't want to become a subscription service and our patrons are a huge part of making that a possibility and a reality. We are not getting rich doing the podcast business. It's something we really enjoy doing and the patrons are really the ones that are keeping our heads above water. So if you are in a position where you can help us, please go to patreon.com slash everything fast pitch. Don, this week's uh, topic comes from a question from a listener who has aspirations of wanting to become a college coach. Um, Started off as a high school and college baseball player, started uh, in coaching with a daughter, has kind of progressed his way uh, back and forth through the different age groups, wants to know kind of what the path is, what the plan is, if you have aspirations to coach at the at the college level. And I thought that'd be a fun one for us to talk about a little bit today.
1: No, Tori, I think that's exciting. And again, I I don't know that I would trade a minute of my time working at the college or university level at this point, but you know, there, there's so much excitement there with uh, trying to win all the time and, and having access to athletes that want to work hard all the time. Everybody's there for the same reason, to, to get better, do better, and to win um, when we get to play. So that kind of thing is really exciting. I know uh, times have changed. You know, when we were involved back in the 90s, I think I started in 1990, but you know, things were quite different and the landscape was different. The The climate for You know, the university setting was different. You know, I know being a part of it can be exciting and a a neat avenue for somebody to be aspiring to. And, you know, I think that could be a a fun journey for someone still. From my point of view, I think from a pure coaching experience,
0: there's nothing better than being a college coach. Yeah. Because you are working with high, high high-level players that you get to work with on a consistent basis. And have Um, an impact. You get to impact their development as players. You can actually see them growing and learning and becoming better and and developing their skills, developing their game. And that aspect of it, to me, being a college coach, is one of the coolest things ever. When I was a college coach, I used to think that I would never enjoy coaching or instructing, again, at any, any level besides the college level because I'd become kind of a talent snob. I'd gotten so used to working with really good players that I'd kind of lost track of how much enjoyment you could get from coaching kids that were beginners or that were, you know, just on their way up and that, that were, uh, you know, learning, you know, some of the more fundamental things. For somebody who's got the goal of becoming a college coach, there's a lot of different ways and a lot of different paths that somebody can take. Now, I think the most likely path now is to in a position and I almost have to be in a position where making money at the outset is a low or or zero priority. You know, my very first college job, when I started coaching at University of Wisconsin Parkside, my first salary was $4,000 a year. Now that was 1992, but $4,000 a year, I gave up a real job to chase the dream of coaching at the college level because I wanted to coach college-level softball. I thought it was going to be the ticket. And of course, from that, I was able to parlay that very humble beginnings into a real career where I made you know a decent living for most of my coaching career. Again, it required you know me and my wife and my family taking a leap of faith, thinking, okay, we're going to do this for a while, and we're going to really tighten the purse strings and have to live frugally and and really cut some corners uh, to take a shot at it. And we were able to do it and it it ended up being a success story. But I think a lot of that is still true today. I think that uh, um, because there are a lot more people now interested in coaching, you have a lot of former players, a lot of kids that uh, really love the game that want to stay in the game. You have a lot of people out there competing for spots and competing for jobs. And so you know starting off as a graduate assistant where you're working on your grad program and getting a small stipend the volunteer assistant coaching position where sure. you're technically you know not getting paid at all those are uh, almost always now the best ways to get a foot, foot in, the in the door the number of coaches who make the leap from outside of college athletics into the college field is very very limited. You know, there's a handful of people that I know that were like maybe successful high school coaches that were able to get a college job. You know, I made the transition from being a high school coach to a college coach, and the thing that got my foot in the door was the fact that the coach that I replaced had become the athletic director and she had recruited some of my players and from that thought I was a good coach. Uh, had a job that didn't have tons of people applying for it because the salary was so low the you know that most people could not afford to do it um and it was the perfect storm of i really wanted to do it she knew a lot about me already because of my coaching background at the high school level and that familiarity got my foot in the door and then from there you know the rest of it took off to just send a resume saying you know i've coached at the travel ball level i've coached at the middle school level, I've coached at the rec level, and thinking that that's going to have enough clout to get a foot in the door is less and less likely in the modern world than it was once upon a time. You know, Starting off uh, looking at uh, volunteer positions, um, looking at um, those kinds of opportunities, I think is a great place to start. The other thing that I would recommend is getting involved with established travel ball teams and, and uh, travel ball teams that are playing at a high level Because that's going to give you, again, a chance to be on the field where some of the college coaches are going to see your work. Some of those college coaches that might be looking for an assistant coach, might be looking for a volunteer assistant. Uh, If you can get a foot in the door at a high school program, that's got benefits also. But the flip side of that is for FaceTime being seen as a coach or having a chance to talk to the college coaches, the travel ball world is a little bit more of an opportunity because... You know the typical high school season is going on while college coaches are really busy with their teams. You're not going to necessarily see as many college coaches at a high school event as you might uh, at a, at a travel, travel ball event yeah. um, but so I think it all starts off with you know being willing to bite the bullet financially you know and and be able to you know to jump in in a situation where you can work for you know, relatively little money, very you know very little security at first, and then kind of prove your worth.
1: No, I think, Tori, too, what you said uh, has a lot of value is it's not one of those career jobs where everybody makes tons and tons of money. Right. And it's more of a labor of love and and because it's a a direction you want to take type of job. but. Again, the there are those potential big salaries, but they're very right. few and far well, between. I mean, I'm I'm I mean. not
0: uh, I'm not too proud to talk about it. The most I ever made as a Division One head coach was seventy two thousand dollars a year, which to me is a nice salary. Yeah, which is That's a nice, nice salary. It's yeah. it's, it's a it, but you know I think what happens you know so so often is that people see division one head softball coach and they think that people are making six A figures million dollar contract. You know, and... you know they, they see Patty Gasso's the highest paid coach in America, you know, with her million dollar contract. Well, she's the one. Right. You know, then you have a handful of other people that have you know really substantial contracts, but they're a handful. But there are some big time, really famous, really successful Division one college coaches that are like at that hundred thousand dollar a year mark, which again is a really nice salary. Really so, nice. Know, yeah. But. If you're living in Los Angeles California making a hundred thousand dollars a year that's different than living in Cookville Tennessee making a hundred thousand dollars a year sure um, so there's a lot of those variables but the the first thing is if somebody's going into it thinking that there's a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow you know the vast majority of of head
1: coaches are making less than I made and, and at it, my high water mark and it's not a a an eight to five scenario right i mean you're recruiting all summer you're spending evenings training and practicing you're it's a it's a labor of love for sure and uh, now that we've depressed everybody (laughs) um, we're going to depress going to depress
0: them a little bit more Um, so now we have you know a lot of assistant coaches who are you know in you know that are full-time assistant coaches that are in that twenty twenty five thirty thirty five thousand dollar a year range. Right. Now they have the opportunity to supplement their income by doing camps and clinics, clinics and things yeah. like that. But again, you know, to your point about it's not a nine to five job. So now you're working regular hours which are you know crazy to coach at your school and then you're working crazy hours to work at all these other events to make more money. Uh, to add up to being able to support yourself and support your family and all those kinds of things so so the the doing it from a financial standpoint might be one of those like oh wait a second you know just just check yourself on that a little bit but if it's something because you just want to do what we talked about earlier which is the fun stuff of getting to work with really good players and getting to work with them on a regular basis and getting to see them grow then the college game is a great place to be so the reality of it is building a resume to get somebody's attention. I think it, it requires working at different levels that show that you've got the ability to coach talented players, it, you know, because even if you're applying at a small Division three school, a small junior college, a small NAI school that doesn't have tons of money and, and tons of uh, resources... You still have to show that you can coach the very best player. You know, again, coaching at the high school level is great. Coaching in the travel ball world is great, but you got to make sure that you're working your way up to coaching
1: the kinds of players that those schools are going to be recruiting. Other than finding out, you know, who might be hiring, how how would somebody find out? Well, there uh, you can
0: still always go to like the NCAA.com website. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of different uh, resources for seeing where jobs are being advertised. But the kinds of opportunities that we're talking about now, getting in as a graduate assistant or a, a volunteer assistant, that's much more of I already know the person and I've already convinced them that if something opens up, I'm the person
1: for them. So both networking and yeah networking at job posts. yeah, but networking
0: way more than job posts, right Because you know the thing that I found out in my naivete over t- over time is that there were times in my career that I applied for jobs that it was just a waste of the you know the time and effort to send the email or to send the letter because they already knew who they were going to hire before they'd ever went in the paper. So because just so those I've, coaches were already
1: networked into knowing who they wanted. I guess from backside looking looking out, when someone does have a job position that they want to fill from within that ghoul or from within their group of people already, they have to post a job. Typically. So typically they have to post that job. They have to interview even though they know who they're gonna right. hire.
0: Not necessarily always, you know, some of these positions. I don't know for sure that we have to advertise that it's gonna be different for from school to school and, and state to state. You know, I think that you always have to advertise for like a head coaching position. Sure. Even though you might know you're gonna hire somebody already. But I don't don't think you necessarily have to advertise for a volunteer assistant coach position. Number of times that I'd have a friend, you know, email me or call me and say, Hey, I'm gonna have a volunteer position open, you know anybody. Yeah, And so, you know, then that you recommend a former player, you re- recommend somebody that you know. And so if your uh, goal is to get into the college game, you need to be that person that has made some of those connections, built that uh, network so that even though the school that's in your backyard isn't looking for an assistant coach or a, or a volunteer assistant, that coach knows that you really want to get into coaching. So your name is at the top of their list. When one of their friends reaches out and says, Hey, I'm gonna have a grad position open. I'm gonna have a volunteer position open. You know anybody? Well, so, yeah, hey, I know this guy or I know this this uh, gal here in, in, you know, not too far from me, you know, it's talked to me about wanting to be a college coach. You know, I don't have a spot, but you know, but I think they'd be great. So that networking aspect of it is crucial if you want to get that foot in the door. Because I think the first inclination for most coaches when they're looking for entry level people is somebody that they already know. I always loved the idea of hiring a former player. Because then For that sure. kept somebody that I already knew. You know I the knew, background. Knew the system. I knew their, you know, motivation. I mm-hmm. knew that they were interested in helping the program. And honestly, the times that I brought in people I didn't know very well was always a nightmare. Chances of you wowing somebody in an interview when they don't even know who you are is pretty slim. So let's wrap this so, one up, Don. So first off, don't do it if you think you're going to get rich. Do it because you really want to spend time coaching really good players. If you're interested in doing it. You have got to do the groundwork, the legwork of getting to know people, volunteering. I was going to say, you to camps, introduce yourself clinics, to coaches. If, yeah. uh, if there's a, a school or a group of schools that you can volunteer, you know, call those coaches up and say, hey, I know you have camps in the summer. I don't expect to get paid, but could I help? Hey, I know you've got a big holiday camp. I don't expect to get paid, but can I help run a
1: station? And then meet people. And
0: then you meet people, you shake hands. Yep. If you're at one of those camps, it's got 25 or 30 college coaches working at it. Talk you to them talk all. to every single one of them at lunch. You have your little business card. Let them all know that your goal is to be a college coach someday and you know any help they could give you would be great. Try to encourage them to ask you to come and help them with their camps and clinics. Yep. The more of that stuff you do, the more it's going to open the door. Now, if all those things are unrealistic because you can't afford to donate your time, you can't afford to volunteer. I understand that that's the reality for a lot of people, but the chances of somebody being so amazing as a high school coach, or so amazing as a middle school coach, or so amazing as a travel ball coach to just get plucked out of that realm and apply for a job and get a job going to be tough, is pretty tough. So you got to do all that legwork stuff. And it definitely is going to mean you volunteering and doing some stuff for free, or at least offering to do the stuff for free. You know, when I had people that volunteered to come and help out at camp, I paid them if they did a good job. Worked hard. Yeah. Even if they came in, you know, know, expecting nothing, if they did a really good job and worked really hard, I would pay them still because I felt that they earned it. You can't go into it expecting that you're going to be the uh, featured speaker at the post-camp lecture or whatever and, until you've kind of earned your ways so hopefully if that's what you're interested in we've given you some things to think about and
1: some direction that you can use to get on down that road so don anything else no just excited uh excited for another good session here tory and we'll look forward to next week perfect so that's going
0: to wrap up episode number 80 of coach prep again make sure you check out our sponsors anderson bat company and patreon.com slash everything fast pitch uh, for coach don mckinley and our producer stan lewis This is Coach Torrey saying thanks for listening to Number 80, and we'll talk to you again next week.